Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 440 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? All bad news, Todd. All bad news? Nothing but bad news. I've got some bad news. No. He got out unscathed, huh? He uh, he got released from his entertainment, uh, the wrestling world, and he's just, I don't know, doing nothing. Like I think he might have saved his money and doesn't have to be bothered by uh, the rabble, if you will. I don't see him like pop up anywhere, do any convention appearances. I say hmm. good for him. Good for him, too, yes. Old Stu Bennett, shoot names, brother. Oh, I... <laughs> shoot names. Oh, my God, you're killing me. Uh-huh. It's not that show, Todd. It's the comic book show. What do we got to talk about this week? I think uh, it's a lot. Oh, we do. We have uh, cancellations and stuff pushed back. What? Not only just books, but services. It's, it's crazy. Um, also... Uh, a famous creator who was exclusive for, with a company for years is leaving and, and having a whole new uh, uh, book to announce, which I think is pretty cool. Also, we have uh, Con News, free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which I believe was Fantastic Four number seven and Daredevil number two. Yes. Um, what we're looking forward to this week, I think we have an art attack, and there's no TV show talk at the end, I don't think. Next week, Flash, we'll be talking about Flash again. Right, and Captain Marvel, I would assume. Oh, yeah, that's right, Captain Marvel will be out. I'm going to see that on Thursday. Joe is not going to see that on Thursday. Right, I'm going to the uh, cheapo Sunday matinee, because I'm bringing, you know, it's it's more than just me. Mm-hmm. And I, well, hmm... What? Maybe we'll save the, we'll put a pin in some of that Captain Marvel discussion for next week. Okay. Let's, let's not shake that hornet's nest, or maybe at the end of the show. I don't know. You know what? You call the audible. I go with you because <laughs> I get easily confused on things sometimes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's a lot of mis. There was a, there was some miscommunication with A Todd's last week as well, but that's neither here nor there either. I think it's. I think the one common denominator is you. I definitely listen. Believe me, I, I definitely think most of the problems in my life are me. If I could eliminate me from my life, it'd be a lot easier. Oh, smooth sailing, boy. Mm-hmm. Ashley Remington. But anyway, uh, so a lot of uh, cancellations, of course, as Todd had mentioned. A lot of late books, of course, the usual hits. Uh, <laughs> Tony Stark Iron Man is late. Uh, you know, we we talked before about the Dan Slot books, Fantastic Four, and Iron Man being late. We discussed about how the Iron Man stuff was getting additional co-writers with Z- Jim Zub. Uh, the issues that were tying into War of the Realms were going to be handled by Gail Simone. But even with that, this book is being uh, further and further pushed back. Yes. And I follow Dan Slott on his social media, and he hasn't blocked me randomly for no reason. <laughs> yet. Yet. You know, the, and the night's not over. Uh, but obviously I think it's, um, the, it's the first issue, uh, of Gail Simone, which was tying into the War of the Realm stuff is late because I think the other two issues in front of it are late. So it's pushing like the whole train back, which is typically what happens. Uh, you know, we lamented here. We're like, oh, isn't it great that they're getting someone on the book to write it so it doesn't mess up the crossover? And here we are messing up the crossover almost it's, maybe. 
it's Doctor Strange Secret Empire all over again. Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to say, we are just a few weeks away from War of the Realms coming out, and I do have our little sheet of paper here uh, that says uh, that War of the Realms allegedly is still going to be six six issues twice a month over the course of three months. Mm-hmm. And we have not gotten any uh, updates in regards to the main series yet adding extra issues or being delayed or anything else like that. Right. Just wanted to, but, throw, just wanted to throw that out there because it's been about three months since that's come up. True. and But who knows, at the end of Jason Aaron on Thor, time will tell. It seemed that way with his social media this week. Yes, it did. Didn't he originally, like, before this say, he's like, I have miles to go before I sleep kind of a deal. And then now it seems like, oh, maybe I'm done with Thor. I don't know. I'm seven years. If he wants to walk away, that's that's fine for me. You know? Right, I'll allow him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he did he did he fly up by your house before he he, he made the decision? I think that email might have got caught up in my spam folder. I'll have to check. Oh, there's a lot in there, I think. Mm-hmm. And again, of course, it wouldn't be our regular occurring thrice monthly series that of course doomsday clock 10 from dc is shipping late as well uh well all the all the typical jokes in here blah 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 you know it's a difficult uh, book to draw and so forth but we kind of knew that because the the doomsday clock is coming out this week you know they weren't gonna have one come right out on the top of it again you know right and again this is a book that is supposed to be bi-monthly with issue 9 coming out this week, issue 10 was actually originally scheduled to come out this week. Right. So it's a full it's a full shipping book behind. Right. And when are they pushing it back to the end of March? Right now it's the end of Beginning March. Of what? Right now it's the end of March. I think it's going to ship shortly after that. I don't think we're going to have to wait as long as we did for 9. Okay. Well, I will say this, you know, we talked about it a week or two ago that issue 11 was solicited for the end of May. And mm-hmm. one would assume, just like with the uh, Dan Slott Iron Man stuff, if one book is moving the train back, then more books are just going to continue to move the train back. Right. But like I said, I have that whole like weird thing where I think he was working on 10 while they were fixing 9. I think it was ready, it was just... They're fixing because he has pages to 10 done already and he's been putting them up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've been over that like about a dozen times since they've been pushing Doomsday Clock back. Fixing it. Yes. Well, making it better. Right. Adding racing stripes to it or something. I don't know. Oh, yes. And fins. Yeah. And if we're talking about DC canceling books, of course, or delaying books, we also have to mention that yet another trade paperback. Uh, and again, I have to give credit to uh, Jude Terror, who is a uh, uh, kind of a bit of a sarcastic writer over at the uh, dirt sheet of comic books, Bleeding Cool. Uh, it's a Batman-Superman uh, collection of the old Batman-Superman book from like, oh boy, how many years ago was that book coming out? Like in the in the version that it was. Let me look here. That was the one that started with the Ed McGinnis run. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so it's the, I, I, I would assume it's the final collection of that. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Joe's <laughs> right. kryptonite. Right. Well, okay. So it's my kryptonite, of course. <laughs> um, let me see. When did that come out? As I'm looking at the cover here. So again, these are finally getting around to collecting books that came out eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those deals where the book was supposed to be in stores two weeks ago. 
and just never shipped and and Diamond never sent out like cancellation or anything. It just never shipped and it doesn't exist now in Diamond's catalogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go to DC's website, it says available to order now. <laughs> and it links you to purchase it through Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Uh, when you go through Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble to purchase it, it just says page does not exist. When you go to Amazon to purchase it, it says that uh, the book has been resolicited to ship in the year 2020 or 2080. My apologies, 2080. That's a bit. That's a ways off. <laughs> now I do know when a lot of times when Amazon will resolicit something or they'll do a pre-order for something, they'll just do a generic date of the end of whatever current year it is. Mm-hmm. And then when they get the actual real date, they'll update it to whatever that real current date is. But I think this is just funny that the date that is chosen for this book is 2080. That could be the right answer, actually. We don't know. Right. But again, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, it's the finality of a run of a book. I'm sure this was somebody's favorite story arc. Of Batman and Superman stuff that has been published in the last 10 years, and they were waiting to get it in trade, and now they can't. Well, you know what? If that book, if that was the final uh, issues of that run, it wasn't selling so well, they canceled the book, so why would a trade sell? It's only logic, Joe. Right. Well, you know, and again, I, I just feel at that point, you know, maybe... I think they might have had some inside information collecting a book uh, eight to nine years old that maybe let's not solicit it this far in advance. What? You mean you mean like 70 years in advance? Right. (laughs) I don't know. Listen, I'm not asking for the world. Put me in charge of your trade uh, selection process or put me in charge... DC, that is. Uh, Marvel seems to be doing okay. We don't hear these horror stories of Marvel fouling up people's trades uh, or the solicitation of their trades or canceling things and resoliciting things and that sort of thing. It seems like more of a DC thing. Put me in charge of that division or put me in charge of curating your lists for what's on sale every week. Oh, your digital sales Yes, stuff? your digital sales. Oh. But you know what? You're talking about Marvel stuff like that. You know... Because if they did have a problem, you would just have to cancel them wholeheartedly. Just shut the comic company right down, Joe. Right. Well, that leads into something, uh, of course, that there had been discussion. I guess this weekend is South by Southwest. Yes. I didn't know that it was SX by SWX or right. something. Right. SXSW. We're hip. We're, hip. We're cool. Snap, snap, <laughs> snap, snap, snap. Um, but the reason I'll always remember that Marvel especially has a big presence there is it must have been six years ago was the first time that they were at south by southwest and they did a deal where it was buy one get one free through comiXology and it broke comiXology Mm -hmm. like it comiXology was just like you couldn't get on the site for like a week because marvel rolled out this thing they're like yeah we're having a sale buy one get one free so people are going buying digital omnibuses buy one get one free and it, people were just going nuts, right? And it completely right. messed up their site. So I always know Marvel's going to be doing something at South by Southwest. And they always send their heavy hitters and their big guns. And I actually saw this popping up. And just like I have really good filters to prevent a lot of stuff from coming through on 
my Twitter, those shields and blocks are even deeper and more uh, preventative on Facebook. Thousand percent more. But somehow these stories were slipping through of is Disney shutting down comics? And I'm like, hmm, I know that's not real, so I'm not clicking on it. What? <laughs> but, I then, clicked but then when it started coming up on other places, uh, of course, seeming that uh, people were spinning uh, Casada and Brian Hibbs and so forth showing up at South by Southwest as though it was going to be some sort of big, crazy announcement uh, that something like this was going down, that Marvel was going to shut, or Disney was going to shut, or the actual print comic division uh, of Marvel, and that's never going to happen. The print, or you just mean new comics? New comics. Because right, print may happen someday. Right. Some. I don't think them 100% never putting out a print comic book will happen in either of our lifetimes. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't see it happen in the next five years. So, um, <laughs> but I definitely this whole idea of shutting down Marvel Comics, regardless, like digital, all of it, is ridiculous. Right. To me, is just ridiculous. And we were just uh, not me and you, but we were discussing this at the shop the other day. Uh, especially, I was talking with a good buddy of the show, Tom Derenick, and I'm like. Why would they? It's cheap and easy R&D for the movies and TV. It's literally a storyboarded story that you get a chance to get feedback on before you spend big money on production values. It's never going to go away. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it anyway. Right. I could certainly see them at some point in the way distant off future streamlining the process. Like, you have one Spider-Man book, you have one Avengers book, you have one X-Men book, and maybe, like, you know, I, I could see Marvel way cutting the amount of books they publish down, but eliminating books completely, like physical books, never going to happen. I don't even see them streamlining. I'll, I'll go against you on that till the day. If that was going to happen, that would happen now. But if one is good, two of it's even better, Joe. Right, but what I'm saying is, in our lifetime, I, I'm sure a day will come where the last person out there who buys every Spider-Man book, just because it says Spider-something on the cover, or something-man on the cover... <laughs> to heck with the hyphen, but go right. ahead. And there's a guy in red and blue uh, PJs on the cover. Mm -hmm. The day will come where that last person who buys every single Spider-Man thing passes away... And then six months after that, Marvel will see that steep incline and say, someone is not buying every single one of these books. Let's pair it back. Let's start pairing it back a little bit. And then the cycle will refresh itself eventually when they see that there's enough of a market because now instead of putting out, you know, six Spider-Man books a month, they're putting out one. So those people that were buying all six are now all just buying that one. It's the same exact number of people. It's just it's not spread out amongst six books. So they see it as the one book. They're like, oh, maybe we can expand the line a little bit. And then it'll build itself back up. If you if you know what I mean from that. 
I kind of get what you mean, but I don't. I I just disagree because I I always have, was of the mind when it came to sales that you should just have one X book, and you would have everybody who was an X Men fan buy that book, keep all the popular characters in it, throw a few like you know C listers in for fun or whatever. But Marvel and DC must know something I don't because they don't do it. It. And I don't know if you know this, Joe, but comics is a business. So <laughs> they 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 do it to make money. And if you would think if one Justice League book with all the characters made money, they do that. I, I just I don't know. So I just don't ever see it happening because they haven't been doing it in 20 years. I know what you're saying, like that the, our generation of uh, will will die out, but. That will when that streams over to digital, it won't matter because that's the new the new up and comers, and they're gonna love stuff and give me as much of it as as you can because you know that's the way the that's the the, the mindset of the fan. I don't know. Right. So not counting the main Spider Man book was which is amazing Spider Man, which I know you had some concerns about because the prices were all kaka kui. And over the next three months, I think they're publishing twenty issues of Spider-Man, and then they're having double sixteen with a with a HU on it. Well, if you read Amazing Spider-Man this week, they give you an explanation as to that. Oh, did that? I didn't read the. I just read the story. Right. So if we include Amazing Spider-Man, even though in the month of uh, May they're shipping three issues of Amazing Spider-Man, there's two, three, four, five. Six, seven, eight, nine different books that have the words spider and or man in the cover, in the title. Right. Of those books, I get two. And I'm a pretty big Spider-Man fan. Um, but again, there's a market out there. They wouldn't be putting those books out. And these things wax and wane. You know, there was a time where Marvel was publishing five different monthly Deadpool books. And now I think, and like, like it was four monthly Deadpool books and then like a rotating miniseries, and then it cycles back out, and they're down to two, and then they're down to one, and they're like, okay, one's picking back up, like on those type of characters. But where I'm getting to with Spider-Man, just as an example, there was a time where there was only one Spider-Man book, and that's the way that it was for like 20 years, and then they added a second one, and they saw that the market was there for a second one, and then they added a third one, and then they added a fourth one. And there was four ongoing monthly Spider-Man titles. And granted, a lot of those are miniseries that of the nine that are shipping in the month of May. But they're at, it's been at four regularly shipping monthly Spider-Man titles for a very long time. Even when they did Brand New Day and they're like, we're getting rid of all the other Spider-Man titles and all there's going to be is Amazing Spider-Man. But it's going to ship three times a month. And that worked for a very long time. But then they're like, well, we could add another Spider-Man title, and we're right back to where we were. What I'm saying is, not in our lifetime, maybe not even my, my son's lifetime, it may get to a point where Marvel is only putting out like 10 print books, and it's one that represents, it might be like a giant oversized digest, you know, that just collects like the eight Spider-Man books that we would normally publish are just going to be in this one big giant collection that we put out once a month. Okay. And now I understand what you're saying. That's was, where my uh, mindset was. I was a bit confused, Joe. Yes. Mm. A lot of confu a lot of confusion and non innuendo going on lately. Um, as I 
as I say, as Buford T. Justice said, I'm confused as a baby raccoon. But, uh, and we'll get off the, again, they're never, not, anyone listening to this show, they're never going to cancel print comics. But the H.U. on the Amazing Spider-Mans, they are part of the regular story. You read Amazing Spider-Man this week, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, You know how Kraven has captured all the animal-based Spider-Man villains? Right, and other villains too that aren't Spider-Man villains. Right, but they're they're most like mostly Spider-Man villains. But Spider-Man has the highest permutation of animal-based villains. Yes, there is a high ratio. Yes, right. So the higher profile animal-based Spider-Man villains are getting their own HU like stories as part of the main Craven story. Ah, that makes sense now. Right. So it's like here's. Like, the main Spider-Man book is like, here's Spider-Man doing his thing. The HU is like, here's what's going on from the Vulture's point of view. And here's what's going on from the Beatles' point of view, or whatever it is, right? Whatever, like, the Rhino, like, the main six that they had. I think each one of those six are getting an HU of how their story is going along with this. Right. I look at it as I'm only buying the one that has Nick Spencer's name on the cover. They're all written by Nick Spencer. Oh, they're all the, they're all, like, all, there's no... Nope. Okay, then eh, maybe I will That's be how they get, And again, I'm glad that they're doing it that way. Okay. I prefer it that way than, you know, uh, you know, just other characters or other creators' names on it just to fill the void, you know, to pad it out. I had to go lean real quick to make sure. I don't want to be proven wrong. I don't want to speak into a microphone and not know what I'm talking about because they had a little chart in the book. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to do what Todd does all the time, right? Um, and it says all the books, uh, H.U. or otherwise, are written by Nick Spencer, uh, with each one having different artists: uh, Ivan Cabello, Ken Lashley, Chris Bacallo, and Corey Smith. Well, obviously, you're gonna have, gonna have to have different artists, or that guy's arm would fall off if he did them all. Right, so it's three issues in March, four issues in April, three issues in May. Mm. That's hope, an event book, almost. Hope you like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, and then you throw Friendly in there? Oh, boy. But that's And that's the thing, you know, obviously, if they could do an event that way, I'm all for it. It's, sure, it's like, you know, it's <laughs> several extra books. But it's by the same exact creative team. It's not some sort of, you know, outside ancillary book. I'm just going to continue reading Amazing Spider-Man and get more of a book that I like. I was hoping you could work Sinestro Corps War into this somehow. Um, yeah, sure. It's the Sinestro Corps War model. And maybe in April there'll be some sort of whoever the current Blue Beetle of the Marvel Universe is. We'll get some sort of Marvel-hunted crossover that was unannounced, you know? That's right. It's the Sinestro Core War template. Mm-hmm. And see, everything comes back again, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, one thing did come back, but sadly has gone away. Nice segue. Uh, Image is parsing back some of the way that they do their business. Now, a few months ago, we had discussed that they were getting rid of their DRM with their digital, which essentially was typically when you buy a book digitally, you could read it on that app. 
that you purchased it through, whether it be Comixology or whatever reader you use for your comic books is. DRM-free would mean you get it on that app, but they also send you a PDF of it. That you could move that PDF around and, you know, they don't encourage it, but share it with people as well. Uh, Image got rid of that a few months ago. But about a year or so ago, Image decided, hey, we're going to do a print subscription thing. And now they're getting rid of that. Uh, even though they haven't completely scrubbed it from their website, they still have a bunch of banners up for some of their newer books uh, from the April solicitations with cutoff dates to make sure that you get your uh, subscription order in for this or that or the other thing. Um, I'm surprised to see them get rid of it so quickly. Typically, they'll get rid of something and say, this will run out in 30 days or 60 days. It's like, nope, this runs out the first shipping week of March. And we're letting you know about it on a Monday. It's over. There yeah. you go. Have fun. And, and like you just, said, Yeah, it just says, uh, no longer accepting new subscriptions, effective immediately. And then it says, for the next steps on receiving a refund on undelivered product, go to here for your balances. So I wonder... If any of our listeners did this, where they were getting the image book sent directly to them, and that they still had time left on their subscription, how that was going to be hashed out. And while you're at it, if any of our listeners had subscriptions to Wizard Magazine, Mm -hmm. and they had time left over, if they ever got any credit back for that. Do you remember that fiasco? I do know. uh, There was a time when I was subscribing to... Inquest, which was the like the trading card, like the 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 trading card one, right? And that went defunct, and they just moved my subscription stuff over to Wizard and Toy Fair, and Toy Fair. And then when Toy Fair went away, I know they moved Toy Fair over to Wizard. I don't know what happened when they moved Wizard over to nothing. A lot of people got boned. Oh, That's really? what happened. Oh. Yeah. Because I know they would do, like, big things. They're like, oh, subscribe for a year, subscribe for two years, subscribe for six years, and you get, like, a toy, plus it's, like, a nickel an issue. Yes. <laughs> that nickel sale, which is always a good thing. Right. So I, I wonder, yeah, I haven't heard, I, Wizards been out of print for a long time. Remember they were going to bring it back? Remember we did a news story maybe about a year ago that they were going to bring Wizard back? Yes. And then that never happened either? Do you remember when we did the news story that they were going to bring the letters pages back in oh. comics? <laughs> that was a long time ago. But they did. They did bring the letters page back for like four months. In DC, a lot of independent comics still have letters pages. Uh, a lot of Marvel comics still do. A lot of the bigger ones still yes, do. Yes, that is true. Yes. Yeah. That's the cheap way to pad out your sale. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. You know what you need to do, too? You need to ask... At the shop, the guy who lives around here, who has like 200 and some letters published in comics, mm-hmm. and he was in the comic shop, and back in the day, when you were going, now this is before internet, obviously, and all that stuff, when you were going to get your comic pub- your letter published, they would send you a notice in the mail that you wrote to this issue that you were going, your letter was going to be published. In that issue, so you could go find it. I never I did knew not, that. I didn't either. And apparently, this guy—I'm just using crazy numbers. I know it's it's at least a hundred that he had that he has all but two of the notices that they sent him. Oh my goodness, that's awesome! 
That is. I thought that was fantastic. I didn't get a notice when I sent my why is the Flash so grumpy letter. Mm -hmm. So it must have been before that. So was that you said that was to Marvel or was that to DC? Um, I it was Marvel that I know of because hearing the stories at the shop, the the, the titles that they were talking about were Marvel ones because he also got an answer from somebody who created rom because the guy who created rom was apparently now i'm not saying wrote the comic but created the character of rom was from scranton and lived up the road from him okay right so this is all stuff you have to ask at the shop because i got in one ear and out the other while i was talking to somebody else right so i don't know who this person is but you do so if he and i are in the shop at the same time point him out to me Oh, no, I got this secondhand. Oh, okay, okay. From, like, uh, you know, one of the employees. Gotcha. So I wasn't there, but I heard the stories when they were telling it to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm fascinated. First of all, I've never heard this before, right? You would assume that if this was going on, that this would, like, information about this would exist online. Right. I've never heard that before, that Marvel would send you a letter if your letter was going to be in a book. Right, a notice or something somehow. I don't know what it was, a postcard or what, you know? Because I didn't get that exactly. And that's what I wanted to know. I'd want to know if it was a postcard. Uh, I'd want to know if it was like an uh, an actual like envelope letter. Uh, I'd be interested to see if obviously he did this over several years. One would assume if he had like, let's say, 100 letters. Right, if uh, it was just one company, you know, like... Did they change the letter? Did they change from letter to postcard back to letter? You know, did they... Like, sometimes you'd get a postcard that had Spider-Man on it, or sometimes you would get a postcard that had the Hulk on it, or was it just all the same generic, like, Marvel postcard? You know what? This is a guy we should actually interview for the show. All right. Like, you know how everybody wants to get, like, you know, Alan Mora? No, I want the guy who got notices from the comic (laughs) company that his letters were published. I'm with you. I find this absolutely fascinating. Man, and I, like, and like, when did it? Oh my god, I have a thousand questions. See, I take us down. I take us down the most wonderful rabbit holes, Joe. Right. Uh, so just to move on from there, and I think we had talked about this before. Um, you know, obviously with the subscriptions ending and them transfer. You know, obviously when a book gets canceled, they move your your thing from one thing to another. But obviously, Image getting rid of all of their subscriptions. You know, I, I, it'll be very interesting to see how people get credited back for that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember when there was the most recent round, and then when I say recent, I mean three or four <laughs> years ago, when Marvel did like a big lot of these. Or no, it was DC, where DC was sending out the letters for the people that had the print subscriptions that were like, oh, you had a print subscription to X, and we're going to transfer it over to unrelated Y comic that you don't read. See, I thought that was Marvel during that Secret Wars wacky stuff. Okay, right. So Marvel was doing that for Secret Wars where if it was a direct correlation, like Thor went to Thor's. And we did a whole bit on that of like, what does does this go to? But it was right around that same time that DC was sending out physical letters. Um, It may have been in between New 52 and DCU. Where they completely, like, scrapped a whole bunch of things. Where people were getting letters. Like, the Marvel thing, you weren't getting a letter. It was essentially just a form letter that went out to everyone that was getting subscriptions that said, 
here's all the books that we publish currently. For the next four months, this is what you're getting instead. Mm-hmm. You match them up. But DC was sending out, like, an, because their subscription service was handled by a third-party company. And the third-party company was sending out individual letters for individual people and individual subscriptions. A lot of subscription talk. Right. Even uh, on mic as well. So, <laughs> wow. The, the last bit of business, of course, is the later breaking news, if you will. Uh, it was just announced over the weekend that Mike Diodato, who previously had an exclusive with Marvel for, what, 20-some years? Yeah. I mean, the last time I know he was working at DC was, I remember he was doing Wonder Woman all those years ago, like during that Artemis time and stuff like that. Right. So he had announced that he was going to be leaving Marvel to focus on creator work. And then within 24 hours on the news cycle, it's announced what his first creator owned book is going to be. And it's going to be a Dark Horse book with show favorite Jeff Lemire entitled Berserker Unbound. Right. Basically, what if Conan came to our time? Right. And you know what this book is about? A a purchase for me, because it's Jeff Lemire, who I love and I get pretty much everything that he does. And it's Mike Diodato's first creator-owned thing ever. Mm -hmm. So you didn't need to tell me what this book was. You 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 didn't need to tell me a title of it so I could put it on my list. And uh, it comes out in August, so we did, still got a ways to go. Did you say this is Jeff Lemire's first creator-owned project? No, uh, Mike Diodato's first creator-owned project. Oh, you said Jeff Lemire. I okay. But I, I, I was just like, he has Black Hammer already. He right, has no, no, a no. bunch Again. of other stuff. But, uh, uh, I said yeah. it was written by Jeff Lemire, Mike Diodato's first ever creator-owned project. I, so, yeah, I sign me you, up. Which, which makes me sad that I'll never get... You know, because he said he's going to go away from from not creator own projects, so I'll never get my Jonah Hex book by Diodato, but I will still buy almost anything. You know, I'll give anything a try that he's going to do. So, Diodato is one of my favorite artists. Oh, I'm sure somewhere down the line he'll do his Jonah Hex analog for some sort of independent company, and you could pick it up and just squint and pretend that it's the real Jonah Hex. He's a huge Western fan. Mm. So I'm, I do hope that he does a Western book at some point, and I'd be all over it, like a, like a creator-owned project. Mm-hmm. If he went straight to bar, Barbarians from Barbarians, then going to a Western is not far off as far as I'm concerned. Right. And, and as mentioned, this is solicited to come out the first week of August. We're just in the May solicitations now. It's a four-issue miniseries. So I would say this is going to give him plenty of time to work on something like this. Mike Diodato... Uh, isn't known for his volumes and volumes of output monthly, but what he what he puts out is quality stuff. You know what though, Joe? He he's, does more than you think. He's an under the radar guy. He did all those Thanos issues with Lemire. Okay, and he does a lot of like all the art. He I equate uh, Diodato to what. Uh, uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez was to DC all those years ago okay. where he was like, uh, you're going to design what's going to be on the lunchboxes and toys and stuff like that. And Diodato did a lot of that stuff behind the thing. He would like dumb his, his art style down. A lot of the uh, art you saw in action figures was all Diodato stuff. And 
Uh, I do believe he had like some, some, uh, you know, merchandising stuff like that. But like I said, he would be doing like, I'm trying to think of some of the books that he just did that you, you, you weren't buying or didn't know about, but it'd be like, all right, I'm going to do these issues for three months and then I'm going to do these issues for three months. He has a lot of work out there that just literally flew under the radar. No, and maybe, okay, so what I'm more saying is, yes, I know there were, he had a hot period there in the, middle 2000s where if it was dark avengers related during all the dark rain stuff right. either he did it or was doing it right you know what i mean and that was a lot of output but what i'm saying is he's not the guy who has three monthly series or he's not drawing all the three issues of spider-man that come out monthly right you know he'll do as you mentioned he'll do three issues here He'll do three issues there, but he's not the guy that you hear who's late on stuff all the time. No, never. Right, like that. He's, and... he's not the guy who you see the dip in his quality. But I, I always say that he always has, he'll have his one book that he does at a time. He is a guy in comics who knows his limitations. Yes. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm sure a lot of people would pay him a lot of money to do a lot of things all the time. But he mm-hmm. knows I could take this money, but then these books will never come out right. or they'll be late or something else will suffer in my life. Right. And the funny thing is, because I was reading his tweet, uh, you know, rant, not rant, but explanation when he was leaving, talking about leaving Marvel. And he's working like this. The, the reason, like, when did you say uh, the, the, the new the new Lumiere book with him is going to be coming out? October, you said? August. August. So that's coming out because he's literally working on Savage Avengers up until June. He's going to be drawing that book. Like he said, my last day of work will be June, sometime in June for Marvel. So then he's going to immediately probably start drawing in July, like, you know, around that time to have that book out for August. Mm -hmm. So I think that's crazy. Like, you know, he's, He's going to go from one book to another almost immediately. And it was funny, like you said, I'm leaving Marvel the next day. Here's my announcement of my new project. I honestly thought it might have been a Kickstarter, but I like that it's Star Course. Mm-hmm. So. Right, so I'm looking at his uh, tweets here, of course, yes. So he's been, and again, I'm not going to read all of the tweets and everything else like that. Uh, as a boy, he dreamed of being a Marvel artist uh, since his father was an artist in Brazil. And he says he's 50, uh, he's been living his dream with these characters for 24 years. He's 56 and he has a new dream to be a creator owned artist. I want to dedicate my, my full time to my own books and my own creations. Um, he's, he leaving Marvel is like leaving home. Marvel is like family to him, always encouraging, treating with respect, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he's like, I feel like a teenager leaving home. Uh, when I, I told them about, uh, my thoughts to leave a year ago and I wish I could share with you how supportive they were over the last year, June 14th will be my last day at Marvel. Um, but you will keep seeing me there after I leave, uh, cause of the stuff that I'm working on, of course. And then he says here, an opportunity to revisit all the characters I love the most in Savage Avengers. And interesting story. Um, how, where Diodato got his, his first work. I'm not sure if it was his first job, but it was close to it was inking 
our good buddy Tom Durenick on early issues of Protectors. Oh, really? Yes, because Tom was telling me this over, like, it was announced that he was, uh, no, it wasn't even announced yet. We were talking, me and him were talking about something else with Diodato. And he's like, oh, well, I know, I know Diodato because he was inking me on that. And like, there was a ferret one shot that Tom was drawing. And it was supposed to be Diodato's father who was supposed to be inking him. But through a series, whether he was retiring at the time, which I don't think because that was a long, long time ago, or he couldn't do it. He's like, ah, well, my son draws. They're like, let's see what this young whippersnapper can do. <laughs> and they sent, like, some, like, you know, samples or whatever. And they're like, yeah, let him let him ink, you know, this and that. So Tom kind of knows uh, Mike. He says every time he's at a show, Mike will walk by and, like, at least say hi if they're at the same show together. Like, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, if somebody, you know, who's a big his name as, as Mike Diodato still like, you know, talk, you know, is a nice guy and knows where he came from. Right. So obviously you have a, uh, you know, he's a really good artist. Uh, obviously, you know, we like him very much in the show. You much bigger fan than I of his work. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm here to support any of his creator own stuff that he does. Yep. It's a long news segment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'll, we'll breeze by everything else here. So, uh, conventions this weekend, there's a ton, actually, uh, all over the place, uh, all over the United States and across the pond. Uh, just kind of some of the, the big hitters. There's Fantastic Con in Toledo, where Jerry Conway is going to be. Uh, there is the Film and Conic, Comic Con in Cardiff, Wales, <laughs> where Robert England and Colin Baker are going to be. Yay! If you're over in that uh, area of the UK, and I know it's not all the same, so please don't correct me. Uh, in the Dublin Comic Con, Declan Shev- uh, Shavley is going to be there. Shalvey? I know I'm mispronouncing that. Um, the Liverpool Comic Con. Less comics, more media guests, but what a list of media guests, Todd. Dean Kane, Terry Hatcher. Okay. Uh, Kabuki Crow. Ooh. Right. AKA, uh, World Wrestling Entertainer, Entertainer Sting. And I'm not sure where to go with this. Burt Young is gonna be there. Burt Young. Polly from the Rocky movies. Oh, that's his real name? Yes! I oh. always know him as Paul. I'm a, I'm a huge Burt Young fan. What, he's the sidekick of Rodney Dangerfield and Back to School and nothing else? Yes. <laughs> He does a great one-off of a Law & Order episode where he might be a guy who likes young people to hang out with him, if you know what I mean. Great, great episode. Gotcha. And uh, and it's terrible to say, but if I was, uh, prior to me putting the notes together, if you told me that uh, Burt Young had passed on, I would have believed you. Uh, but also at uh, Comic-Con Liverpool, Eric Roberts is going to be there. The, the the best master is going to be there. I was going to say Doctor Who's Eric Roberts. Oh boy! Uh, Wizard World is heading over to Cleveland. They've got a, a quite an interesting guest list. Jason Momoa is going to be there. Uh, Matt Ryan from Legends of Tomorrow is going to be there. <laughs> and for me, and this is tough because we're going to get into some other uh, deeper hits on some of the other conventions going on this weekend. But I'm just throwing it in here. The double mark photo coupe de grace. Michael Rosenbaum and John Glover are going to be there. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. If they're not doing double photo ops, then I think uh, people don't like money. <laughs> Let me look to see if they are doing a double photo op. 
two of them together. And again, of course, that's Lex and Lionel Luther from the uh, Smallville TV show. I can only imagine that that would be like Luther money right there. Mm-hmm. Like comma money. I would get my picture taken with the Flash and the guy who was in Gremlins 2. It does not appear. Okay, so. Okay, so I didn't. Tom Welling is going to be there, right? Okay. Uh, Tom Welling, who played uh, Clark on the thing. And a couple other folks from uh, Smallville. And again, I, I hate to say, I don't know who half the people there are. I hear Chloe's not going to be there. Yeah, I think she's indisposed. Yes. Uh, but there is no just... I want just the Michael Rosenbaum and John Glover one. But if you want to slum, I'll stand in front of Tom Willing for $205. <laughs> right. Uh, there is the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Con in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Jim Shooter, Mike Grell, Marv Wolfman, and then on the wrestling side of thing, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and show favorite Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, boy. Don't check his bag. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't drink anything else, Jake. Uh, <laughs> Big Apple Comic Con in New York, another one with big name creators, Frank Cho, Jim Steranko, and again, if you're going to meet Jim Steranko, Tucker's off the air. Uh, Mark Texiera is going to be there, Peter David, uh, William Shatner, Kathleen Turner. And this was going to be my number, this is my number two pick. Obviously, Wizard's not having the, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, John Glover double hitter for the photo op. And I wouldn't get the double photo op here, but at Big Apple Comic Con, Kreskin is going to be there. Whoa. And again, much like Burt Young, if you said, is Kreskin dead or alive? <laughs> Prior to me doing the show notes, I'm like, oh, he's obviously dead. Nope, he's going to be a big Apple Comic Con this weekend. And Debbie Rashone is going to be there. Uh, lesser known B-movie scream queen, who's a personal fave of mine. No, she's no Linnea Quigley, though, right? No, Linnea, and again, this is not a knock on De- uh, Debbie Rashone, and I'm sure she would say the same thing. Linnea Quigley's top of the food chain, 80s scream queens. Uh, Debbie Rashone kind of came into her prominence a little bit later. Uh, into the late 80s, early 90s, but still just as important to uh, a to a young me, and even to a 41-year-old me. If anybody's going to New York, the Big Apple Con, mm-hmm. let me know. I, there's something there I need. All right. <laughs> Is it a story of abuse about Jim Steranko? Because <laughs> I think we already have that. It actually involves someone who was involved in that story. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Say no more. Uh, but I would say that probably the biggest convention of the weekend, and this is a big weekend of conventions. I don't know where, you know, I think we're still about a week out from, uh, we're about a month out from C2E2 and we're about a week out from Emerald City. So this is, I think is like the prep week for it. Right. Emerald City is like the big kickoff as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Uh, but South Carolina Comic Con in Greenville, South Carolina is a huge list of people. Uh, Neil Adams, Scott uh, Snyder, not Steiner, Rick <laughs> Pulo, uh, Kevin Eastman, uh, Steve Epting, Kyle Starks, friend of the show, on the art side of things. And then, Todd, it's a who's who in the world of wrestling and sports entertainment. Oh, goody. I was worried. Yes. Animal from the Road Warriors is going to be there. Not the Muppet? No. Oh. Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, he got his country back. 
Oh, good. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat without a dragon. How'd you know I was going to ask? I Listen, I may have done this show 439 times before. Uh, Mick Foley is going to be there. As we share a birthday. Mm-hmm. And Arn Anderson is going to be there. Mm. Just taking a stab at that one. But oh, anyway. Boy. I got to. Nah, I can't even say that on this show. I'll say that on the other show. Uh, but all the links to those will be in the show notes, of course, as will information about the soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Anytime any of the shows in our conglomeration of networks, people, like minded individuals, however you want to slice it, put out a show or show up on another show, it'll come up on that site so you can keep track to all the wheelings and dealings of all your favorite personalities in the soon to be named network. If you can't get enough, of them on such shows as this, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Podvocacy, and of course, Wrestling on the Edge of Forever. Ooh, you got it right that time. I did. I quickly typed in so I can remember what it was. And anytime, like I said, any of those folks uh, remind me that they're on other shows... Listening to Podvocacy this week, David like banked like nineteen podcasts on other network on other shows to be broadcast and distributed over the course of the next eight months. So I'm like, hopefully he remembers when they come out so that he can remind me to put. I hope he does too. Yes. Did I mention it? No, I don't know if I mentioned it here on the show. Um, and again, not like this show's not long enough to begin with, but. Uh, obviously, soon-to-be-named-network.com is just like a front uh, page for a Tumblr site, right? Mm-hmm. A couple months ago, Tumblr changed their guidelines in regards right. to what you can and cannot post on Tumblr, mm-hmm. uh, attempting to, to weed out more of the adult material. So the After Dark is out. <laughs> well, it's more so it's an image aggregator, right? Right. And the thing that they're flagging mainly is nipples, so david was on an episode of the clerks minute where they talked about clerks too and the specific minute that he talked about was the scene in clerks too where they do like the bollywood number right and the show image for that week's episode was a scene from the bollywood dance thing and apparently there were shirtless men in a group photo what and that caused that post to get flagged for tumblr's terms and services wow no nipples on tumblr well again uh nipples with uh guidelines i guess oh i do i do think there's a lot of gray area when it comes to nipples Mm. i'm not continuing any further with that of course uh but again all this stuff will be in the show notes uh and, of course, over at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Uh, just as there are a ton of conventions this week, there are a ton of digital sales and new freebies. Uh, some of the holdovers from the last couple weeks are still hanging in there. The Image Best of 2018 sale, IDW's Transformers sale, and then 
Marvel has a bunch of sales, DC has a bunch of sales, Dynamite now has sales on video game stuff. Marvel, of course, has a ton of stuff regarding the upcoming Captain Marvel movie, and then they have a 70s sale, where it's stuff from the 70s. DC has two sales going on, one is called Leading Ladies, and the other one is Road to Detective Comics number 1000. And boy howdy, are you sh- are you for sure that not only is it not the complete run of all 1000 issues of Detective Comics, but I, you bet your sweet bippy that included <laughs> in that sale somewhere is Dark Knight Returns and uh, Batman Year One, even though they were not printed in Detective Comics. Well, they might have been when we weren't looking. Right. And uh, Archie is having a sale going on for their entire line for and for the entire month. So there's a lot of been good Archie stuff, and that includes, like, everything that's come out recently from Archie, whether you're a fan of the recent stuff with the Riverdale TV show, all the horror-y theme stuff, or all those kind of throwback stuff where it's like Archie and, you know, like Batman 66 or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a ton of stuff, and Archie's been putting out a lot of co- good comics over the last several, several years. So all of that's on sale, so check those out. And then Marvel recently updated their freebies. Uh, the freebies that they have available are... X-Men number one, the big heavy hitter, the one with the multiple covers, the one that sold 8 million copies, whatever. <laughs> uh, then X-Men number 188, which is, I, you know, I'm not sure if it's a key issue or something. I just know it's the first issue that Mike Carey wrote. Uh, an Age of Apocalypse one-shot when they were trying to rebuild that brand uh, sometime in the mid-2000s. And Spider-Man Deadpool number one. Uh, check it out. Uh, it was hearkening back to my favorite era of Deadpool. This issue was written by Joe Kelly with art by Ed McGinnis. So hmm. it's Deadpool written by my favorite creative team on Deadpool with my favorite character in it. So it's free. Check it out. It was good. Let's get over to what we read from this past week. Todd, if you're able, let's uh, start with your book, which was Fantastic Four number seven. Yes, which was written by Dan Slott and art by Aaron Cooter. Uh, basically, this is the continuation of the story of uh, Galactus landing in Latveria, and he's going to take care of it. But Fantastic Four is like, oh, we're on this. We're going to show up. So they're they're still, you know, doing what they're doing, fighting him. And now Doom has a plan, and he's telling the Fantastic Four what they have to do and all this. And shockingly enough, before this story's over, Doom might have had some ulterior motives to everything, which just shocked me. But basically, there's a, uh, a lot of like the Fantastic Four catching up on what Galactus has been through because they've been off in the, you know, Reed and Sue were off in the, in the, in the multiverse or whatever. And they're discussing, which I think we discussed on the, the show the last time we talked about Galactus, how he was the, the devourer for a while. He was the orange life giver and everything. So I like that they, they touched on all of that. But then, uh, at the end, Doom follows through on a promise that he had during the uh, wedding issue of Fantastic Four to anybody who comes and uh, infiltrates my airspace, something's going to happen, and he ends up uh, he ends up uh, you know doing that, and that's the cliffhanger and everything. Um, I'm having a blast reading this because I think Dan Slott, as I said before, has Doctor Doom down, seeing the Fantastic Four out of place because they're in Latveria and how the commoners in Latveria look at 
you know, the Fantastic Four. Like, they don't see them like we do. You know, Doom has some, you know, he controls the newspapers in Latveria. So, you know, he's, he's going to tell you what he thinks of uh, the Fantastic Four. So it's funny with some of the interacting with the people and everything. But all around, I really enjoyed the story, and I want to see, because you know what Doom does here and, and the way they, they deal with Galactus. This has got to have ramifications further on down the line. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this storyline so far, and I want to see uh, what's going to happen now with the Fantastic Four. I like this a lot. Um, I, I enjoyed, as you had mentioned, just to kind of touch on some of the stuff, of course, with the A story in this in regards to how the people of Latveria see the Fantastic Four, of just how very matter-of-factly how they all look down upon them because of mm-hmm. years and years of having it beaten into them by Doom, for better or for worse. Right. Uh, I would love to see a story somewhere, somehow, of the rebellious teens of Latveria that think the Fantastic Four are cool. Ooh. You know, and they're like outcasts or whatever it is. Like, that's how they show their rebellion. They're like, yeah, man. And they have like the forearm bands or whatever it is. So there's a free story idea for someone. Uh, but I liked uh, the tease of the B story that was going on. Of course, while the main Fantastic Four group is over in Latveria helping Doom with his Galactus problem that he brought upon himself. Uh, the kids, Val and Franklin, are attempting to figure out a way that they can go help their parents. <laughs> While under the watchful eye, pun intended, of Alicia Masters, Nay Grimm, and Wyatt Wingfoot. And of course, uh, you know, those kids get into some wacky shenanigans, taking a powder a truck, trying to make it into some sort of flying contraption to head over to Latveria. The new fantastic car. And Wyatt Wingfoot offhandedly says a remark to uh, Alicia about kids, huh? What are you going to do? Huh, I wonder if that has anything to do with the samples that Reed (laughs) took (laughs) earlier in the wedding issue that I kind of hinted at. But anyway. So, anywho, um, I know I just wanted to bring that up, of course, just because I'm, you know, again, that scene's not in there for no reason. Mm-hmm. My theories are getting better and better as I get older. Mm-hmm. So, but it, Fantastic Four is really good. I like the book. I like Dan Slott, and I think uh, Aaron Cooter's art is really good. Uh, so, uh, the book I'm m- most forward to this week, the Todd also read as well, was Daredevil number two, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Cicchetto. Uh So, a lot of Kingpin in my comics this week. Uh, I was out of the Daredevil world for a while, <laughs> so I forgot that, King, you know, I, I, I need to constantly be reminded that, oh yeah, Kingpin's the mayor of New York now. I forgot that that's a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, of course, um, the previous issue ended with a criminal who was taken into custody after he was taken down by... Daredevil and the criminal passed away from injuries sustained from the beating from Daredevil. Of course, Matt thinks he's being set up. So Matt proceeds to go through his normal uh, channels of investigating harassment, using his (laughs) radar sense to see if people are lying about things, and uh, all of it is... uh, coming out to be uh, that maybe Matt really did this. Right. And 
I'm interested to see who's really behind it because the cops go and question Kingpin and we get a little bit of back and forth with Kingpin and that new cop who transferred over from uh, Chicago whose name escapes me. Right. But the fact that, of course, Kingpin already had information that he could kind of say to him in casual conversation to let him know, like, don't get out of line because I'll go hurt your family back home sort of thing. Right. Try to rattle him early on. Yes. Um, but I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I like the mystery that's set up cause it's, it's, um, informed to us that it's not the kingpin and no one is that good to get through Matt's radar senses, lie detecting senses, being able to listen to, you know, your heartbeat sort of thing. Right. I, me as the not, the non daredevil guy on the show, like, and this being totally not the Mark Wayne run, which is the best run ever. Mm-hmm. Um, reading it, and I found it interesting, especially with the new cop, and he's there, and he's like, yep. He's like, I'm after Daredevil because I don't like the masks, but I'm, if I can't get Daredevil, I'd love to put the cuffs on Fisk. So it's nice that he's like, he just seems like a good cop who's just like, hey, I'm here to take down mass, mass vigilantes and Kingpin if I can. I like all that. But then the whole thing with Matt, like – reeling from maybe I did do this. I'm trying to find out if it was me who killed this guy through fighting. He goes, I'm usually better than that, but it, it might be me. And so far, all these things that I, the, the suspects that I think are setting me up, they're all speaking truth that they didn't. So did I do it? And then they just do this one really quick hint of, he's like, and then like the one thing that's kept the the status quo is with the villains is I've never gone over that line. I never have and I never will. But now that the street level punks see or at least think that I've I've killed someone in a fight, is that going to change the rules and they show like a bunch of uh like criminals and the owl in this room and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's going to change the way they look at everything." And I'm really interested in it because now like everything about Daredevil that you knew, not so much me. Um, and I, they do do a good description of, of in this issue for a new reader like me, explaining this is the way it was, but now things going forward might be different. I'm completely intrigued to see where they go. And the art is beautiful. It's perfect. Like, like Fisk talking to the cop and he's like super menacing and big, but he just puts his hand on his shoulder and the, and it just looks, it, it, it looks perfect for the story that they're telling if that's the that's the only way that I could put it I think it services for the the feel and the type of story they're telling the art works hand in hand perfectly which is what comics are made for yes uh, I'm glad to be back reading uh, Daredevil it's good it is good yes it's no Mark <laughs> Wade but it's good right and I'm glad you're enjoying it as well yes I'm enjoying you enjoying Daredevil who doesn't a joke that never gets old all right so uh that's that's what we read from this past week let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week uh if you head over to longboxheroes.com uh every tuesday around 5 30 eastern time or so we put up the pull post which is a link to a link all the books that are coming out this week whether you get your books in print whether you get them digitally uh since they are canceling print comics is a good way to keep (laughs) up with what books are coming out here in the future uh Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, I am closing the gap. Uh, I'm only behind by one correct guess, but uh, we'll see how that goes this week. Mm-hmm. And I picked first because I went first this week, right? Correct. 
Looking over your list, and is the book you're looking forward to most the timely Tuesday clock number nine? It would be, yes. And I would assume that that is also the book you are most looking forward to coming out this week as well. It is also the book that I'm looking forward to. Right. Uh, even though there's a lot of other good stuff uh, coming out this week, uh, obviously we've talked so much at length on this very show about Doomsday Clock number nine. It would be silly for us not to be the one that be the book that we're most looking forward to coming out this week. Right. And, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, of course, be sure to check out all the other stuff that Todd and I have done uh, on the Internet, whether it be past episodes of this show, past episodes of After Dark, uh, the 2017 Smash Sensation, Long, uh, Todd and Joe Have Issues. Uh, of course, click on our store page if you listen to Ad Odds with Wrestling or Longbox Heroes After Dark last week. Maybe not this week, but uh, you'll see um, we've kind of revamped the store page a little bit, kind of streamlined a little bit and down at the bottom. If you want to get some of the other designs, there's ways that you can get those other designs for the time being. That may change in the future. I don't know. We'll see. There's work involved. And again, work. Boo. Um, but a way it's easy for you, and again, hey, who doesn't like easy? Uh, easy for you, easy for us is anything in the world that you want to purchase except for our merch, which is very weird. That shouldn't be that should be there, but it's not. Amazon click through across the top of the page. Speaking real fast, I'm going to slow it down here for a second. Anything you purchase through the Amazon click through, uh, we get a little bit of a kickback. They call it an advertising fee. I call it something that makes Todd happy and keeps him flush in cold medicine. Uh, some yes. of the, some, some Sorry of, about that. No, it's quite all right. Some of the notable purchases uh, through the click through this past week is someone purchased the controversial Venom number eleven. So controversial, we didn't talk about it on the show last week when it came out because <laughs> I'm I'm afraid of the uh, blowback that that could cause. Uh, somebody who purchased, I'm guessing, uh, same person who purchased the. Uh, Jubilee and Beast action figures last week picked up the Gladiator uh, Marvel Legends figure. Uh, someone purchased the Return of Godzilla on Blu-ray, Blu-ray, and that's the 1984 uh, Godzilla movie. And uh, someone also picked picked up a hardcover entitled The Bat Cave Companion. Uh, someone also purchased a book entitled Plan and Go High Sierra Trail. All you need to know to complete the Sierra Nevada's <laughs> best kept secret. And it's such a good secret. I didn't know it was a thing until I saw that this book existed. I didn't know either. And somebody also purchased Velcro brand one wrap thin ties. And much like Kleenex or uh, Q-tips before them, I forget that Velcro is the brand name for that thing. Do you know what the official name of that thing is? Of Velcro-type stuff? Yes. It's uh, the stuff that goes... Right, but just like how Kleenex is tissue... You know, Band-Aid is adhesive strips. Do you know what the Velcro... I just... I, it's one of those things that was in your head, but you never touch that part of your brain until someone mentions it, and now you need to let everyone know? No, I don't know what it is. The official name of it is Hook and Loop. Oh, okay. And it's Velcro brand Hook and Loop. Oof. But they don't include, like, they don't say Kleenex brand tissues, they just say Kleenex. They don't say Band-Aid brand adhesive strips, they just say Band-Aids. Everyone knows what it is. Everybody forgets that Velcro is actually hook and loop. Okay. There you Good go. Good to know. Information. We're an information podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, and one last thing. I don't want to keep Todd too much longer. We're going to wrap things up here, I promise. 
Um, in the show notes for this and all the episodes of the stuff that I do, um, there is a ton of places where you can get the show. Uh, I am not a podcatcher fan. We've made that abundantly clear here, but other people are. Um, I constantly am adding to the list of podcatchers that we're on because the more places that we're on, the more places people could find us, the more listeners we get, so on and so forth. Um, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Player FM, TuneIn, Overcast, and Beyond Pod. If you get the show from a different podcatcher other than the ones that I've mentioned, let me know so I can make sure that we're actively letting people know that we exist there. Yes, siree. And last but not least, Todd, any art attacks? Yes, we did have one art attack from uh, Jesse DeYoung because I picked the book that I was looking forward to most, you know, last week was uh, Fantastic Four number seven. He in his sketchbook had something, you know, to celebrate that. And it was a thing sketch, but it was also a uh, from uh, Dr. Seuss kind of a thing where he has thing one and thing two with Ben Grimm, the thing, and he has a four on his belt. So there's no th- three thing three. So that made me sad. But otherwise, I really enjoy the 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 whole th- uh, thing motif that he has going on. It looks very cool. And Ben Grimm looks positively grim while the other two things are very happy in that photo. Um, having a party, if you will. Um, so thank you again. Uh, that was a nice addition to Art Attack this week. Yes, indeed. And as Todd mentioned at the top of the show, uh, no TV talk. Flash did return this week, but we'll be, we're always a week behind on Flash. And Captain Marvel opens this weekend, but I'm going to keep my uh, Captain Marvel questions to myself after we uh, have seen the movie. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yes. Uh, so just to close things out here for episode 440 of Longbox Heroes for Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see y'all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boo!